Alistair, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, John Joe. It's a real pleasure to have somebody with your background and the ilk of the uh, the elite level of uh, golf, of which um, your career is well known. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to it offline. Of course, I'll put a description in there, but um, US Open, Australian Open, PGA player over the course of a decade and beyond. Um, really excited to hear your story, not only golf, but how you transitioned into the, the corporate world via tech sales more recently. <clears throat> Could you um, maybe talk us through your early beginnings and what that looked like in your journey to reach the heights of professional golf? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I uh, I had uh, my parents were both uh, keen golfers, and uh, it was it was really dad that um, kind of drove uh, my interest in the game, um, not just myself, but uh, he introduced a number of um, uh, family and friends into the game associated with his network into uh, line of business. But for me, um, it was uh, it was dad had made it uh, fun. Um, it wasn't a, it wasn't so much a, a chore to go out and play with him and he, he never uh, pushed us to uh, myself or my two sisters um mum included she didn't take up the game until she was in her 30s and after three kids but um uh it, it was it was that nice introduction um being able to enjoy it uh, a game um with my dad um that uh, that got us into it so um, I guess we, but he was at a he was at a private club. I wasn't able to uh, play at that club until you were fourteen years of age. I, I did go down and and play the uh, the public courses occasionally um, during the school holidays, um, but it wasn't until I actually uh, had an injury um, in in my feet that uh, I needed to stop running. Um, I was always keen on the Australian rules football and the tennis that um, that uh, but that that running motion needed to stop. And uh, golf was obviously a, a good choice for me. How old were you when you started playing golf? Uh, so I, I joined um, uh, Huntingdale Golf Club when I was 14 years old. But um, yeah, as I say, I played once or twice during school holidays. I played um, with dad uh, whenever possible or, or maybe hit some balls, but nothing too. Um, didn't have a huge amount of time, to be fair, in between all the, uh, the other activities that I was doing. So it was 14 that I um, got right into it. And it was a st fairly steep learning curve at that stage. Was that relatively late as golf careers go? It, it certainly is. It um, well, not so much back then, but um, but these days, I mean, you 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 see the the Tiger Woods that um, got into it when he was, I think, on TV at age three. There are a number of uh, other uh, other um, stories around the around the world. Uh, even a, a, a close friend of ours. Um, who has a nephew that um, is, a, I believe, the world uh, champion at at six years of age. Um, I don't uh, always recommend at six years of age you need to be uh, that competitive and that good at the game, um, just so long as you're enjoying it. Nice. So you began at 14, obviously started to realise you had a natural tenacity for it. There would have been a certain break in the road where it became more serious. I imagine in your time spent on the course, training probably started to um, become a lot more intensive than your peers. Can you remember when that was? Uh, yeah, it was um, it, it was almost about the time that I was turning 18. Um, I had uh, cars and, and 18th birthday parties came into my life. 
Um, I, I, I did enjoy going out with my friends, but I didn't see feel the need to continue on. Uh, I was always an early riser, and therefore at um, heading home from the parties, uh, driving to those parties, therefore not drinking and and waking up with the with the uh, the morning effects the day later, I was able to get up. I would end up playing 18 holes with some uh, great fellas. Um, and then I might even continue on and play a second 18. Uh, so really got into my life that way. I ended up doing a, uh, a an air conditioning apprenticeship through that period. Um, and I found that uh, the weekends I was, um, I was entering tournaments, I was competing against the VIS and AIS um, people who were the boys and girls who were uh, training full-time all day, every day. I was working during the week, um, but I was still competitive against them. Uh, might not have been winning the tournaments, but I was still running maybe top five or top 10, having worked a full full week. So uh, it was it was at that point that I thought, well, maybe I can, um, maybe I, after the apprenticeship, I can actually uh devour more time to it and and see if there's an outcome from that that uh, that I could transition into the professional uh, rankings and that discipline when your friends were going out and doing what 18 year olds do was that because you wanted to be a pro and you you realized that that, that was part of the the conditions to get there um I probably didn't realize that it was just something that I was keen to do um i was keen to compete um the following the following day i was keen to uh do as well as i can and and uh and therefore it almost was just a uh, it wasn't out of um direction that i that i needed to uh, have to do that um but it was just a uh, it was just well no i think that this is uh, what's going to give me that edge um and therefore, if uh, I knew that you needed a, a, a full night's sleep, I needed that you needed to be fresh on the uh, on the task, and and um, otherwise you're wasting your time. So, uh, do it right, or or don't bother doing it at all. Would you say that approach has been inherent in your personality before picking up golf, or was it exclusive to golf? Uh, no, I, w- I guess. Um, I mean, golfers are all are all competitive uh, and uh, good and bad golfers. Uh, we keep on coming back. It's a it's an incredibly frustrating game. Um, and, and whether, whatever level that you're playing at, I think our competitiveness uh, keeps us all coming back. We want to win the weekly comps. We want to get our names on the board. We want to get to the single figures or or just beat our competition. So ultimately, I think it's um. It's a, it, it. I had it um, before that when I was when I was running uh, cross country or, or playing tennis. It was um, to always try and do it as well as possible. And it sounds like golf was a natural pursuit. You enjoyed all the hours that you're out there practicing. Was there a time in which you realised the the time spent out there became more laborsome. I'm thinking, for instance, if you had to go work on a particular shot, you had to go and work on your putting, for instance, as opposed to just doing your regular 18, 18 rounds, enjoying the game. Was was there a real direction change there when things started to get serious at all? Um, no, not really. Uh, it 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 was a it was a game to me. I loved it. It um, I I always had uh, some sort of a focus point that I wanted to work on and and achieve those goals. I was. Um, uh, it, it was kind of ingrained in me in an early age, probably through the VIS, that um, 
that you you needed to be well rounded in all of your game, not just uh, beating balls off the tee or, or or putting, but you needed you needed the full scope. So uh, and and in time, um, your mindset, your uh, physicality, um, uh, ability, all all came into it. So um, it was a, it was really outlined what the requirements were that needed to uh, to get the most out of your game. So. Um, uh, we all love going to the driving range and smashing drivers over the back fence, but um, but uh, ultimately you you're never going to hit any more than fourteen drivers um, uh, over the game. So, but you are generally going to have uh, call it thirty six putts a game. So, how much time is going to be spent in the relevant areas, um, and and uh, going on from there, it, it does your short game. Uh, letting you down, and you can analyze the uh, the games that you've been playing. You can see where your uh, game is is stronger or weaker. But then, uh, has your as your uh, ability to to stay healthy, uh, get around the course, and and when you start flying, um, that it it all comes and and starts to be a part of uh, the the uh, outcome that that you need. What was your greatest achievement in the game? Um, I oh, I had a uh, I had a number of great moments. Um, there was uh, probably not as as great as as some of the uh, my my fellow golfers, but um, uh, my my first world golf championship at uh, over in Florida, Doral, um, home of the Blue Monster, where my uh, idol Greg Norman had won numerous times. I'd uh, grown up watching him, um, and and thought it was great being there. I'd met some of the greats of the game that week. It was my first PGA Tour event. Uh, and I was able to shoot a 64 in the last round to to run fifth. Um, so that gave me a sense of of belonging there that week that I could make it, that I could compete against. Um, I guess the big boys on tour. Uh, I qualified a couple of times for a U.S. Open. I'd beaten uh, future one, future num- world number one, Jordan Spieth, to uh, to get into that um, into my first U.S. Open at Olympic in California. I'd hit the leaderboard in the second round um, uh, just ahead of Tiger Woods. So that was a, a fun memory. Um, winning the Muna Classic um, in, in front of family and friends down on the Mornington Peninsula that I've spent a huge amount of time here in Victoria. Um, and that got me uh, my my start over on the nationwide tour, the secondary tour uh, over in America. Um, and uh, But also shooting... Um, Shooting a 60, which is the the lowest uh, reco- recorded score on the Australasian tour, um, matches Paul Gow and, and Ernie Els. But um, probably, I guess, um, as I mentioned, it was Dad that had introduced me to the game. He'd encouraged us and uh, to to never push us. And it was actually Dad that had co- uh, caddied for me uh, to qualify for both the Australasian and the and the Asian tours. Unfortunately, he'd passed away the following week, and and so never actually got to see me compete as a professional. But um, he he was with me when I achieved that dream of uh, turning professional, and having him by my side is probably um, probably the highlight I could say. Wow! And what separated you from all the other players <clears throat> to that are Australian made the, the older peers you played with over the years? What was the key ingredient? Would you say that? led you to reach the elite level to be playing in a US Open? Um uh, well I I think it was it was probably my work ethic. Um it was um I don't think that I had as much talent as as some uh, golfers. Uh, Mark Leishman was my 
um, was my partner during the amateur days, and um, and I think that uh, the amount of talent that that uh, Mark has is is amazing. Um, he was he was able to hit shots that uh, the majority of us very good players were unable to achieve. Um, but uh, uh, but I think it was my work ethic that uh, and and discipline that actually got me. Uh, to where I needed to be, there was a number of other good, really good golfers, talented golfers that um, that probably didn't have that um, uh, that that guidance, or they didn't want to follow um, the the uh, guidance of from parental advice or through the VIS that had tried to educate us. But uh, they decided that um, those 18th birthday parties and and uh, Girls and cars were were more fun and and uh, and exciting, but um, I was uh, so I would have to say that that they were yeah that was probably um, where I was able to stand up. So I mean resilience was um, uh, it's a game that you are going to lose far more than you're going to win, um, and so being able to understand that as well that uh, that that it's that. Just because you don't win and don't take the trophy home, that uh, you can still take something out of that and and just become that one percent better for next week. How did you find that you had resilience? Was it something you feel you were born with? Was it genetic or <clears throat> was it environmental? Um, no, no, it grew. It grew on me. Um, it was uh, it was something that I certainly needed to work on, and and I guess that competitiveness uh, really made me want to win every single time I competed, and I was probably a little disappointed if I didn't. But over time, uh, that resilience was was what was required uh, to control um, the emotions, uh, and and I mean to understand that. I mean you can even take it back to to golf is not dissimilar to a game of chess or even a, or a game of life it um it's not predictable nor is life nor is work it's not scripted and you've got to play the ball uh from where it lies you need to take your next shot uh from the good spots and the bad you can't you can't change what is what has happened on the last shot or the last hole and and you can't predict what um as as good as your feeling uh, of the of what's going to come you still can't predict them where the ball's going to go, uh, if it's going to get a good bounce, a lucky bounce, or, or a bad break. So you've got to um, you've got to have that resilience and be prepared to uh, for the for the outcome of of whatever's coming to you. Your story is quite unique, and you mentioned the relationship with your father and how instrumental he was in your career. Most in often in often times when you have a child protege or there's a um, parent child relationship it can be very easy for that parent to push the child right when they're noticeably very good at something but it sounds like um, your father was able to not put pressure on you even though it looked like you were um, going to reach the you know the heights of the game could you talk us through what impact that style had on you what was his philosophy about you playing golf well, I guess it. I guess it was a game um, for for us. It was a game that uh, that um, he he made it enjoyable. He didn't um, he didn't uh, uh, um, say that whatever the outcome that um, there's going to be consequences from it. He he laughed at the at whatever it was that um, 
whether it be good or bad. Uh, um, and I mean, he was a fantastic golfer himself, and and uh, he possibly had the worst swing you've ever seen on a golf course. But he was able to manufacture getting the ball around and getting the ball in the hole. So for me that had uh, had been reading these textbooks and have a textbook swing type thing to actually watch him um, be able to produce the scores that he did. Um, and it was was almost a bit frustrating to to me uh, and others, but for him, he just laughed it off, and he uh, and he and he made sure, and he instilled within us that uh, that it was a game um, that that can be enjoyed by all. But uh, it doesn't matter if you're a, a professional competing against a novice. Um, he he included everyone. Um, he made it fun. He uh, he didn't take it too seriously. And I guess that's why we uh, kept on going and 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 included family, friends, and uh, whoever it might be to to keep on going with it. Sounds like he took the the pressure off somewhat. And now, moving on from golf, you transition into the corporate world, of course, working in tech sales. Now, many athletes go through that transition, and it's a difficult time. You can face identity crisis, particularly when you've been at the absolute elite levels, uh, like you have. How was your transition from professional sport into the corporate world? It um it took a bit of adjusting. Uh, certainly did. Um, I I had uh, been fortunate enough that uh, my name was was able to get me into positions um, uh, that that might not have been uh, other times. But and I I was very lucky to have got into tech sales, and I was getting um, able to start selling into a position that that my again my name had been able to. Um, get me indoors that might not have others other times, um, and so that was a, a terrific advantage for me to to still um, be out of a comfort zone selling tech that I wasn't familiar with, but still within an industry that I did know very well. So, um, but uh, I guess those those I was I was still competitive and I still wanted to win the sale. Um, the, my resilience still needed to come into it because again, you're going to have, you're going to lose a lot more than you're going to win. Um, but, um, I, I was confident and I believed in the product that I was selling, um, to actually get in there and, and tell a good story. Um, so it, uh, those, I guess they, they all transitioned into, um, something that worked for me. Uh, it wasn't for everyone, and it uh, it was a great starting point. Uh, I'd moved on from there since, but um, but it was a great uh, starting point for me. What were the hardest parts of the the transition? Um, I guess the hardest parts were that um, that that understanding the tech side of it. Uh, there's definitely going to be conversations that were well over my head, and and a lot of. Uh, a lot of talk that I didn't necessarily understand, um, and it was so. It was a big learning curve in that space. It was, um, but, but I guess uh, the the work ethic and the discipline of of sitting down and saying, "Radio, we're going to we're going to one learn how to sell, but also understand uh, writing everything, all the words down, and googling them that you don't understand, so that." So that tomorrow you can come back and be that one percent better. Um, uh, not everyone knows everything, uh, and I think that if you're a little open to that and you're not trying to bluff anyone, 
then uh, people are pretty uh, find that um, almost find find that uh, 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 well in a in a good way um, that they can kind of help you and educate you rather than being fooled. So, but uh, yeah, the the transparency was was tough, um, but uh, ultimately being in that uh, in the right space for me um, it certainly helped. I found that when I left the game of football, though much earlier than you did and um, not at the heights that you did, but from the professional game, I found um, it was very difficult when my family, friends and people around me knew me as a footballer. I had a certain identity and, of course, some ego that came with that. And I found moving into the corporate world um, very difficult because you start from scratch. In your case, a little bit different because you're obviously well-known and revered in Victoria anyway, but did you have any <clears throat> any difficulties in terms of your identity and being known as a former golfer, now salesperson? Is that ever coming in come into your mindset at all? Um, it does. It does, but it, it's also uh, you take the good with the bad. Um, and so, I mean, I, I it, it's a it's an interesting topic, and even those that don't uh, necessarily play the game were always keen to find out. Um, I guess what the approach was when when playing and where I'd been and and who I'd played with or the great sights that I'd seen, but um, and so therefore it's certainly a, a talking point that um, that was of interest. Um, and so uh, I guess um, and 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 it's nice. It, it's always nice to be the uh, the, the centre of attention, I guess, and and being that story. Um, but ultimately, that's that's what our customer is is also seeking. They are they're also keen on uh, uh, finding out where what their objectives are or challenges and, and consequences. So um, ultimately, it was just a, a role role reversal. Um, but but in my mind, I'd I'd uh, left the game also because I was keen to spend more time with my family. So it was um, yes, I gave up that. Uh, sporting identity, but uh, we'd, um, my wife and I just had a little boy. Um, and in return, I was able to spend more time with him. I wasn't uh, going to be traveling the 35 weeks that uh, that needed to be away. And uh, and so therefore, I was going to be able to take him to uh, his swimming lessons and, and, um, and other, uh, I guess, birthday parties that, uh, that otherwise I would have been missing out on. So um, I can now enjoy that. I've, I've taken my my I've enjoyed taking my two kids to their first day of school. I enjoy picking them up or or taking them on a regular basis and um and coaching them uh in their in their sports that they do. So um yeah, good goods and bads. Um certainly would love to be uh still out playing there um with Leash and and the and the friends that I'd grown up playing with, but uh ultimately I think that uh, I've made the right decision. Um, it's been good for my family and uh, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the outcome. Fantastic. And you obviously, that job that you had, professional sport, um, was a passion, something you enjoyed, probably didn't feel like work. Is it a little bit of a different approach the way you think about your job now? And maybe a really important thing I'm trying to, trying to understand in people I talk to, do you need to find meaning from your job or... Is it part of something bigger? Is that something you think about at all? 
Um, I uh, I probably don't, to be honest. Um, I do enjoy um, talking to people and understanding their their position and and what uh, what helps them. Uh, everyone has challenges, and if we can uh, if we can help overcome some of those challenges, then I think that that's a good day. Um, ultimately, it uh, yes, I would love to be. Um, Playing football, playing golf, playing what um, something outside, but uh, but ultimately that's a um, it's not something that everyone gets to do. Uh, I did it for a time, uh, and it was fantastic when I did it. Highly recommend it to anyone that's uh, going to give it a go. But um, but ultimately, in the end, for me, um, I can now I can now do a, a job uh, that provides me a lifestyle to to now spend move on with my life and and uh, spend that time with my family in such a way that um, it, it brings me a fair bit of joy too. Over time, it sounds like that the the answer to this might have changed, but how would you define elite and how is that different now to perhaps when you were earlier in your sporting career? Well, I think there's probably uh, different levels of elite um, and uh, and it can grow too. It, um, elite, um, uh, you might be elite at your club, you might be elite in your state. Um, and, and so, again, um, achieving that elite status, uh, whatever level that you are at, is, um, is, it might be good enough. Um, but there's to me, there's always going to be something bigger and better uh, ultimately. So um, I uh, I always was striving uh, to be elite. I never really saw myself as elite, as as there was always something bigger and better um, than 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 I. So um, I think it's uh, I think it's just another one of those goals that you can that you can tick off and you can um, uh, ultimately try to achieve. But uh, like the game of golf. Um, you, you can probably always reduce your handicap and, and improve. Sure. And it sounds like perhaps your um, idea of elite now spans itself across to family life and being, you know, parent um, uh, and a dad and a husband, and you have more opportunity to take that view as opposed to being a professional sports person where it can be pretty one-dimensional, right, to really serve at the top of the game. Um, it can be difficult to incorporate other parts of life that you could become elite in or want to be elite in. Is that is that the approach that you you now take, perhaps? Um, I mean, always trying to uh, – I certainly, I certainly don't um... – uh, don't see myself as uh, elite, but it's almost uh, probably trying to take my mum and dad's approach. And and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to it, not everyone has the right answers, and whatever has happened uh, for for child one is is obviously going to be different to child two, and and it's uh, my child's different to your child. So ultimately, it's really just uh, taking those steps, seeing if they work, um, and and trying to provide the best uh, the the best opportunity for the kids that uh, that we can so um it's a, it's just a learning process i don't have the answers i uh, try to i try to uh, listen to any kind of podcast that that might give a, a tidbit to um that i might be able to use so um it it's no different to to golf uh, the, the coach doesn't always have the right answers but they might just have a an answer that you might be able to use uh whether it be today or in a year or two's time so if you can just uh, take in as much information as you can to to store 
um, then then one day it might work out for you. It sounds like um, curiosity, curiosity is you know really been a a key part of your development and, and the fact that you've you've gone on to work harder than others and and grow as a result of that personal learning along with resilience and um, competitiveness. Are there any other assets you think have been really important in being successful in in sales since you moved over from from the professional sport? Yeah, I mean, uh, curiosities. I guess it's something that, uh, and, and questions uh, was something that my dad uh, again gave to me. He did say that um, we're not going to play every week, and that I'm I'm to put my name down with uh, some random member. Um, it uh, and that I, I've got to I've got to present uh, well, and I've I don't want to be that person that just walks down the side of the fairway and doesn't speak. So. He um, it kind of gave me that uh, that task of of being able to ask a handful of questions to that member who I didn't know, um, and I mean that was that was as simple as uh, who they are and who they barrack for, if they had family and and what they did for a job, uh, whether or not they liked that job, um, and if they would do something differently. So ultimately, it, it, in return, it then came to um, I was I was able to if see them again, talk about. How well the tigers were doing, and and all the share price of their company was doing, and and really just started a conversation about them. So, I mean, that curiosity had uh, kind of stemmed from them, just to um, just to be almost a bit more interesting whilst on the golf course. But um, I guess uh, the competitiveness was was always a major factor. The the confidence you got to believe in what you're doing. Um, need to be able to back yourself and, and take the right calculated risks. Um, um, I mean, any kind of sport, I think, needs a, a bit of patience. You yourself would know that as soon as you try to force something, as, to, as soon as you try to kick the ball harder, hit the ball harder, that um, that uh, you, you, the, the quicker it's going to bite you and that uh, that's not the way the game is played. And so I don't think it's any different to work. It, uh, as, soon as, you, as soon as you try to force a sale, uh, that the, the customers all all of a sudden going to be well. What, what's happening here, and why have we sped it up? So, you need to be uh, adaptable. Um, as I said before, the uh, the golf and life it's not predictable, and you need to you need to be able to um, take the good with the bad and and work it out from that position. So, um, there, there's there's um, been a number of things that I've been able to take on, but um, yeah, there's some of them. Fantastic. Seems like there's a lot of crossover from elite sport into the elite level of sales. What are your plans or your goals in in the tech sales world? If you if you um, are thinking about the next five ten years, what would you like to achieve? Um, I'm I'm pretty happy with the with with sticking with the uh, with the tech sales. I enjoy it. I enjoy um, uh, getting out there and, and meeting new people and and understanding their positioning and and where. What kind of uh, uh, what are their kind of goals and and how we can try and um, work together to to um, assist them? So ultimately, that's uh, I'm enjoying that. It it, it provides that lifestyle that uh, for me um, is pretty comfortable with where I'm at. But um, I've still got a lot of learning to do. I've still got um, I'm still keen to do that. So uh, and to become a, a, a better person in in this game that I play now. Fantastic. Uh, and finally, uh, we've talked through a lot of those um, 
skills and habits that that have been really influential for you that have come from professional sports so resilience um competitiveness dedication um patience perhaps have been um, a curiosity have been perhaps the five key ones we've talked to um you've been in tech sales for some time now and you probably got some exposure to more junior reps and people on the way up <clears throat> is there anything you've taken from your years in professional sport and your, your years now in uh, tech sales that you think junior people might need to know or could do better are there any things that you know any advice that you give to somebody starting out in the industry that you think could really propel them to the next step yeah, i think um i certainly think that uh um finding that mentor uh, uh latching on to someone that's uh, that's willing to give you time and i mean it might just be for a coffee and they might be able to uh, take you along to their next appointment and and understanding that it, it's not just question after question that you need to hit your customer with um during covid i wasn't so much of a fan of it because really you logged on to a zoom call and you and you just started firing the questions away you didn't build a rapport you didn't find out about the person how their weekend was and and uh, they they a little bit more about them and not so much uh, just work 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 so um I think it uh, finding that mentor who can uh, provide you a little bit more guidance and and what's worked for them, what hasn't, um, is uh, is absolutely key and and something that um, almost is a must have. Fantastic, Alice. You've been um, really generous with your time. Uh, real pleasure to get somebody at you know the very much the very top, the elite level of the game to share your experiences in in golf, but also tech sales. So. Thank you very much. I know there'll be a lot of listeners who already know who you are, but if they want to check you out and learn more about yourself and what you're up to, um, what's the best way they might um, get in touch? Would it be checking out your LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn is always a good way. I'm, um, my details are on there. I'm, um, But yeah, more than happy to share the experience. Fantastic. Alistair, thanks, for, thanks again. John Joe, been a treat. Thanks, mate. Bye.